Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from and, the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney, who can't wait to speak. <laughs> no, I'm Pastor Vince Haney of Raymond Word of Faith Empowerment Ministries. Again, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a very familiar scripture. It's in uh, found in Romans 12, chapter 2. But before we go there, I'm going to just speak about just the things of God. Uh, the Bible calls it elementary things. And, and Paul said, I think, believe he said this in the book of Timothy, he said this to the church. I, I know you know these things, but uh, I'm mindful to, to bring them back to your remembrance to stir you up. So we just want to, we know you probably heard this before, but our job as ministry leaders is, is to keep you stirred up. And again, stirring you up keeps your faith on fire. So we're going to stir you up with some, uh, with something you may already know but prayerfully you'll get a greater revelation of it because one thing i found about uh about god and his word it's always giving birth to new facets of revelation the more and more you meditate on god's word and, uh, and again when i say meditate that's like spending time with him fellowshipping with him he's gonna reveal more and more of the deep things of god to you through your spirit that dwells in you and that's the holy spirit so I always remind our congregation uh, about, again, elementary things. We get born again. We get saved. And we know Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except through the Son. So you have to receive Jesus Christ into your heart. And that's by faith. You got to believe that God sent him. He died for your sins and mine. And God raised him up from the dead. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father, making intercessions of us. You have to believe that by faith. That's how you get into the family of God, the household of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom from heaven. And then we know you need to follow that up with water baptism. Because Jesus, John was out there baptizing, and then Jesus came to John and said, you got to baptize me too. <laughs> so again, we, we just follow the scriptures. So Jesus, the baptism, water baptism, submersion in water, was good enough for Jesus, it is good enough for us. And the Bible commands us. And that's just symbolic of the old man dying, going down, the new man coming up, being resurrected. And again, we know when Jesus got baptized, the heavens opened up and there was a voice saying, this is my beloved son or child and who I'm well pleased. And I believe the same things happens with us. Because God's the same yesterday and forevermore. And he instructs us to get baptized. But now here's where the rubber meets the road, Richard. People get born again, they get baptized, 
And a lot of churches don't teach or preach on this third element. And this one happens for the rest of your Christian life, the rest of your life on the earth. It's Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. And I'm going to read. It says, and Paul writes to the church, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. And this world he's relating to is that kingdom of darkness, the one that Satan controls, the one that wants to program you, squeeze you into its mode. He said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed means re renovated. Okay, like you renovate this old house. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here's the, the promise. That you may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. And this is what I found about the good and perfect and acceptable will of God. It's found in Matthew, the latter part. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Here in earth as it is heaven. That's the acceptable and perfect will of God. God wants to bring heaven to earth and he's going to use us the body of christ to do that that's why he tells us in matthew 5 12 let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works and glorify your father who's in heaven because now we're heaven citizens we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of god and god already has it's already established we can't come into the kingdom of god or the kingdom of heaven and make it uh jive to what we wanted to jive to or make it conform to what we want to conform to, we got to now conform to it. <laughs> That's why he said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we have to renew our mind constantly by the word of God. And the word of God is the only thing that's going to radically transform you. And I've been seeing people been going to church on Sundays, and, and but they haven't allowed this element, this revelation to be manifested in their life. They're still conform to this world and the bible refers to conform to this world that means they have a devil program mind and, and they haven't allowed the word of god to transform them and that's what god wants us to do that's why he tells us again meditate on his word day and night or daily and nightly because meditation of the word of god is going to transform what you believe and it's also going to increase your faith in god that's what meditating on the word and not only meditate now you got to start speaking it now you got to not do that you got to and part of speaking it is doing it but then you got to do you got to act on what the word says and that's going to actually transform you and again that's where we are as the body of christ and that's where we need to keep going you know what's funny is that when we what started this show i know our listeners have always heard us talking about that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and before we started, I said, you know, they're going to say, oh, man, these two guys are talking about the same thing. Don't they know anything? But everything goes back to this. It all goes It back. all goes back <laughs> to we need to have our mind renewed. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Before we came on the air, we were talking about this immigration problem that, that's going on in the country. And all these kids that are now coming into the country. And what is a Christian to do? How is a Christian to act? And what should a Christian think? And I was talking to somebody about this earlier today on another show. We, good Christians on both sides of this issue, people that are 
that believe in Christ, that love the Lord, that are Christians, can disagree about what should be done. What we need to do is begin to ask, what does God want us to do as an individual believer? The con- I can't do anything. When 100,000 kids come to the southern U.S. border, I can't do anything about that. That The decisions that are being made about whether to let them in, where to send them, all those kind of things are happening way beyond me. The, you know, the president, immigration, people are making those decisions. They're not asking me what I think I should do, they should do. I, I don't really have any say in that. So things are being done. So what am I supposed to do as a believer? How am I supposed to live? What, what should I think about this? And I, I said, they're here now. All right. You can argue whether they should be here or not. People argue and say they should have just told them, no, you can't come in the country and left them in Mexico and let the Mexican government deal with them. Or they could let them in, which is what they ultimately did. And so the question isn't now, should we let them in? The question is, they are here now. What should we do? And as Christians, we have got to do whatever we have to do to help take care of them, to help reunite them with their parents. Most of them have parents here. I was talking to somebody from El Salvador, and she really had a grasp on this issue that I had never had. A lot of people think these kids are from Mexico. They're not. They're from Central America, and they're coming through Mexico on the way here. Their parents paid a lot of money to send them here. I also say I can't blame them for that. If I was here, whether I was here legally or illegally, and my kids were in another country, I would do whatever it took to get them to me. And so I can't blame those parents for wanting to bring their kids here. You can't not blame the children because they're just doing what their parents or a grandparent or somebody told them, get on this bus and come to the U.S. So when you look at those people, you have to say to yourself, I would do the same thing. And the kids are, you can't say they're evil or bad because they're just doing what some adult told them to do. Probably an adult family member told them to do. So a lot of this gets bogged down in political stuff and we, we don't see these as real people. I've been to Mexico more than once. Every time I've ever been to Mexico, I see the poverty. I see the things that are going on there. And I, I've said over and over, I know why we have a border. I know why we have a border patrol. I know why we probably don't want to let everybody into the country. Yet I can't say that somebody that's coming across that border is a criminal because I would do the same thing. If I was living in Mexico, I'd come across that border too. And if you caught me and sent me back, I'd try it again. I'd try it till I got through. And this is what I heard. I know you got that perspective from someone from El Salvador. And this, and I, I try to follow what's going on in the world. But I heard this, and I don't know how true it is, that there is so much violence and corruption in so- certain parts of Mexico that parents are fearful and they're sending their kids over because they want them to have a life and not want them to get caught up in all the death and the corruption there. Well, not- see, what's happening, and this shows the desperation. Right. You're you're in the United States, your kids are in whatever country, and you're willing to spend money to put them on a bus to bring them here and hopefully be reunited to them at some point. We forget the desperation that a lot of people are under. You know, this kind of thing happens where in Cuba, people will get on an inner tube or they'll put a couple of inner tubes together and try to make the 90 miles to the U.S. You don't do that because things are going great and you're really happy. Right. You do that because you're really desperate. Mm-hmm. And so we in this country often forget how desperate people become 
that they're willing to even do these things mm-hmm. to, to get, it, it, you know, what do we do? And you know, we argue and we fight and we fuss and we complain because, man, they might raise my sales tax a quarter of a percent. Oh, man, they might raise this tax. They might do this. And so we get focused on those kind of issues and we forget how great it is to be here and that people are literally willing to risk death and, to and, come here. And not only that, Richard, and again, we hopefully are we're speaking to a Christian audience, people who are, are, are true believers and whose minds are being trans, who are being transformed by the renewing of their minds. And as Christians, we should understand that even though we're, we're in this world, we're not of this world, even though we're in the United States, we're still uh, kingdom citizens. The Bible says that our citizenship is in heaven. That's, that's what the Bible says, and I, only, I believe what the Bible says. So with that, how does a kingdom citizen respond to an issue like that i was just reading over in timothy and he didn't put no borders on this when paul spoke in first timothy chapter 2 verse 1 therefore i exhort first of all that supplications prayers intercession and giving of thanks be made for all people and then he went to say for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence but this is good and acceptable in the sight of god and our savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth then he goes to say you know there's only one god and one mediator so as christians we shouldn't look at it as a negative and it's not going to be enough for us and we're going to lose something we should look at it as another opportunity to to win souls to Christ because he told us to pray for all people he didn't say if they're not from your neighborhood well and then pray for them that you know these a lot of these kids are young mm-hmm. they've got to be scared right so we should be praying we should be praying that they'd have God's peace and right. calm their fears right. man I hear Christians all the time say man we got to send them back you know what and you could you could argue that maybe we shouldn't let them in you People get on opposite sides of the political well, argument, well, well, we but forget the political argument for a minute, and no matter what side you're on, you can pray for those kids that they would not have fear. Right, and you can pray that God's will will be done in their life as well. Right. That, and God will that make God all will things to work together for their good, regardless you know of what it is. You jump right to the politics of it and forget that I'm supposed to be praying that. See, and that's what the deal is. We forget that we're kingdom citizens now, right. and we, we, we keep... Seeing ourselves as just American citizens. And that's what the scripture means. Friendship with the world is intimacy of God. And we have to get a kingdom mindset and perspective. And that's what we were referring to in Romans 12. That you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't think like the world or your government has programmed you to think. Or Satan has programmed you to think. But think again, JJWD. What would Jesus do? Well, see, and you go back to thinking like the world, and what's the world going to do? The world's going to turn this into a political argument. Right. And the world's going to tell you take a political side. And should we let them in? Should we not let them in? And and that's what the And people, I, I, I want to say it again, good Christian people take opposite sides of the political fence. They, they do. do. They do. But yeah. beyond that, no matter what side you're on, beyond that, we need to be praying for these kids, praying for, even for their parents. Right. That somehow they would be reunited, that they would all have peace, they would all have God's hope, they'd all have God's joy. And that doesn't 
have anything to do with what political side of this argument you were on. It goes back to the scripture. Prayers, intercession. See, we're called to be in interceders, gap standers, not gap sitters. We're supposed to be standing in the gap for the disenfranchised, the, the down and out. These children, we're supposed to always be standing in the gap because here's the deal with us, because we've been redeemed and reconciled and restored from, to God, we have access to heaven to the Father, to Jesus, so we can make our petitions. We can talk to God and ask him also to give us the wisdom. That's why the God wants the president to have a relationship with him too. Give me the wisdom to handle this situation. Give us, and we can intercede on behalf of our leaders. He said in this same scripture, pray for your governmental leaders too, for kings and all those in authority. We can pray and intercede and stand in the gap for the ones, the decision makers, that God will speak to their hearts about making the decision concerning this. Now, see, that's what we're supposed to do as Christians. That's our job. Our job is not take sides. It's always to take well, see, over. The government might make the decision to send them back. The government might make the decision to keep them here. Regardless of what the government decides to do, I, as a believer, can pray. have a role. Right. You have and a role. To pray. There it is right there. To pray. And we know that all through the Old Testament, how Daniel and his free friends prayed and demonstrated the love of God. It led nebuchadnezzar to have faith in his god so that's what we are supposed to be doing advancing the kingdom of god god says you know this gospel of the kingdom will be preached and then the end it ain't gonna come because we got an influx of people and again the world makes you think again not being conformed to this world the world makes you think if somebody else come here it's gonna take something from me and we talked about that before the broadcast about this country has a history of immigration and every other group that was already here previous to the one that was coming w protested that well, because see, they thought something was going to get taken from them. See, and was, it's still the same thing today. There was a time when people didn't want more Italians. Right. The, the Italians were going to be the problem. There was a time when it was going to be the Germans were going to mm -hmm. be a problem. There was a time it was going to be the Irish were going to be the problem. Mm -hmm. there's, there's always been a people group throughout the history of this country. Anybody who doesn't believe this can go back and look at the history of this country. There's always been a people group that everybody kind of focused on and said, this is going to be the next. Well, and they problem. even did it with the African-Americans when they got free from slavery. There was a group of people that didn't want them to have any kind of equal rights because they felt it's going to take away from me. Is oh, they going to take our jobs now? We just think like that. And it's, it's a travesty when Christians think like that, because now you're in the kingdom. Guess what? God is your source, irregardless of what's going on. Remember? And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Well, unless it didn't say my government. kids come and no, then now I won't have enough. It's still my God shall supply. That's why he tells us in Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things, and his righteousness, meaning being in right position with him, and all these things will be added to you. Those things he was talking about, things that you need, physical, food, clothing, shelter. He said, you just do things my way, and I'll make sure you're taken care and he of. He says, I will work all things to the good for those who love me. See, and know, Jesus said this, if you love me, you'll do my word. But you do know, my it's will. amazing how people can take a scripture that says that he will work all things to the good for those who love him. Okay? So now, do I believe that God's going to work all things to the good for me because I love him? What does that have to do with 100,000 immigrants coming? What does that have to do with children coming? What does that have to do with anything that's going on? And I want to say Will this. that nullify what God has promised? No, it doesn't. But anyway, I want to say this, though. 
a lot and love is not a feeling so for those who love them and jesus said if you love me you'll do my word you'll keep my commands basically so when god says love me remember he wants to have you have some corresponding action it's just like in a marriage with our spouses you know they can t tell me you love me all day but if you don't demonstrate that that's just lip service basically well i always love it when you watch an episode of cops and the guy's been slapping his wife around and they got him in the back seat of the car with the cuffs on him and he's yelling i love you baby i love yeah. you you know it's like well, maybe we yeah. ought to see some of that yeah, right well love god so loved the world he, he gave he demonstrated his love by giving us jesus so we have to again with us who say we're children of god we've been redeemed reconciled and restored now we have we're god's hands and feet on the earth we have to always demonstrate love the bible says in first john god is love so we should be a rep remember we're ambassadors for christ we're representatives we're ministers of reconciliation the bible said let them, this mind be in you that was also in christ jesus we should be acting like jesus in every situation and circumstance that's what it means to be transformed by the renewing of your mind I now see things as God sees them. I think like God. I speak like God. I act like God. That's what it means to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's a process. That's a lifelong process. Sanctification. I yeah, mean, that's it's a lifelong. Until we die. Right. And we have to know that. So, again, I always remind you people, when you get the spirit of truth, the word of God from revelation, don't receive it offensively. The Bible says receive with meekness. That's what a teachable spirit. The engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. So he said, don't get offended. Remember, a lot of people got offended by Jesus. And then the scripture says, because they was offended by him, he could do no many mighty works amongst them, except heal a few sick people. God wants you to stay in faith. And again, staying in faith is staying connected to his truth, which is his word, which equates to the promises. And we have to do that. We can't just say, yes, Lord, I love you. He said, well, OK, go ahead and demonstrate that. And I'm always use this classic one. Go ahead and forgive your daughter. You love me. Why you don't speak? Why, why you arguing with your wife every night? Uh, I thought I told you to uh, love your wife as Christ loved the church, husbands. Why you arguing with her all the time? I love you, Lord. No, you don't. Because it's an action word. Again, in this situation that we're talking about, it's still action. And we like to say we're a Christian nation. Oh, we love to say that. But we have to also demonstrate that. And we can't be political. I like to tell people I'm a Christian crat, and Jesus is always on the throne. He's the king of kings, lord of lords, and we're supposed to be conformed to his kingdom, his way of doing things, not this world's way, not a political party's way, and we have to always remind in every situation, in every circumstance, we have to respond out of a kingdom mindset with a kingdom perspective. When you talk about being conformed to, to the world, some of that is so subtle. Because oh, yeah. I know Christians on both sides, Democrats and Republicans, who actually think that the answer to the problem is going to be found in politics. The answer to the world's problem be found in God's word. Problem are going to be found in getting enough Democrats elected, or getting enough Republicans elected, or getting the right Democrat or Republican elected. Getting the Tea Party and, in there, and then we'll find the right answer. You know, if we can just get the right people in there, right. then we'll be able to to find the answers to these things. And even Christians forget the answers are found in God. Well, you They're know not what? found in a political I, I, I kind of agree with that, getting the right people in there. Get some people in there who's 
been transformed by the renewing of the mind who has a kingdom perspective now and that's what god's desire is that all men be saved yeah, well, and all know, men be filled with the knowledge know, of those well. I do, hardcore politics they're but, not but, concerned with people well, well having, you know what that kingdom people having their ideas i know that kingdom and that system is going to come because that's god's will remember thy kingdom come his will will be done. Ultimately, God's will is going to be and done. And that's you what know, I'm saying. It's going to happen. Probably a better show would have been what we were talking about before. <laughs> right, we right, right, right. When we were talking about the fact that God had a plan of redemption before anybody had done anything that they need to be redeemed from. Mm -hmm. And yet God let Adam and Eve sin even though he knew they were going to. Before he even created them, he had a plan of redemption set for the sin they would commit that they hadn't even been born or made to commit yet. Mm -hmm. And and he wants us to understand that and believe that, again, I'm going to paraphrase just what you said. All things work together for the good. God's going to be magnified and he glorified. He took their sin right. and worked it for good. Right, and that's why me and you can speak on this broadcast called Joseph Faith on Fire. Joseph and his brothers, he says to them, what you intended for evil... God used for good. And he told the serpent that in the garden, the seed of a woman is going to bruise your head. Basically, Satan, what you meant for evil, I'm still got a plan of redemption. And it's going to turn out for good because I'm going to send myself in the form of Jesus. And I'm going to take back those keys that Adam and Eve, that Adam gave over. God always has a plan. And, and here's the deal. We always say God, we understand that God is sovereign and his kingdom will come. His kingdom is coming. His will is being done here on earth as it is in heaven. But again, he wants to use us. He wants to, we're his hands and feet. We're, G, we're the body of Christ. We're Jesus' hands and feet. But again, I always let people know, you get born again, you get a new spirit. But guess what? You don't get a new mind. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind to start thinking kingdom, kingdom-minded, heavenly-minded. You have to start thinking that because you got born again with a devil program mind. Your mind didn't get born again. Your spirit did. It's awakened to God, but now he says, now I want you to feed on my word. Put it in the good ground of your heart, and that's going to transform your mind. And your mind really leads your body, your flesh. But God wants his word to be in your heart, and he wants his word to transform your mind. And now allow that to lead you. Remember, walk in the spirit. By the word of God, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by the word of God, not by what the circumstances look like. See, and the world conforms you to walk by what the circumstances look like. He says, no, the circumstances may look like this, but I want you to still do this. And that's what we're commanded and called to do. Well, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to encourage you as you go through this week, continue to keep walking by faith. Woo, that was a good one. This broadcast has been a blessing to you. We ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire. P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire. P.O.
P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.